there's something beautiful about rolling into these podcasts with absolutely no agenda. You should probably get something. <laughs> well, since Daniel's going to wind up listening to this later anyway, he, uh, he said that on the first one that we recorded, shockingly, there was information that could be cultivated for future use. So that's a big shocking. Impossible. And he said it was, it was, he didn't even know what to do with it. He was so, it took him a full 48 hours to sort of make peace with the fact that there was something there. <laughs> oh man. Jeez. Well, if we're going to get this outreach market defining new world order situation underway, we're going to have to figure out some interesting things to talk about. We're going to have to figure out some interesting people to talk to. Real estate is important, I think, for all of us right now. We're going to focus first on bringing in some real estate guests because that's germane to what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it. But we should also take the time to identify some other interesting characters that do other interesting things that may want to use our platform to promote their shit and for us to promote our shit by promoting their shit. Absolutely. A lot of people don't even realize that the largest real estate players, real estate was just like an organic, basically, path to where they had to go because they were successful in other fields. It's just such a safe environment. And once you really immerse yourself into it, there are so many different ways to profit and excel in there that a lot of these real estate players come from the business world and a lot of different types, you know, of businesses and anything from tech startups to, you know, really anything that was able to bring a lot of value to somebody's, you know, family assets. And what do they do with that? They go and they buy real estate. It all started from Schmata. Well, well, the <laughs> At least why, in New York. Well, the reason why a lot of people do ultimately go into um, real estate is very simple because the tax benefits right now um, are huge. So a person coming in from a business, sells a business, um, finishes with a whole bunch of taxes and liabilities for their taxes. By buying a piece of property, they allow it allows it to bypass a little bit of the tax burdens. And that's why people jump into it. We're going to have to really hope that people don't pay too much attention to this because when they start listening to that sort of intellect and real wisdom on this, all of a sudden the government's going to say, wait a minute, what are you guys doing? You're buying real estate to bypass burdens of taxes? Well, they we know, can't allow they that know, to go they, on forever. They know good and well what we're doing with the, with the properties, but it's not only to the, the big guys, right? Uh, an investor who puts in you know, a couple thousand dollars, they have, they have a write-off that, from their properties until we sell the property or the property is sold. So in uh, reality, it's not just the big boys that, um, I guess, reap the benefits. It's everybody who's investing in real estate reaps the benefits. Definitely an entire ecosystem. One thing that's interesting that I'd be, I'd be very interested to, to see uh, play out on this forum is <clears throat> to see how many different people from how many different backgrounds we can get to attest to what their perspective on real estate is because I really uh, feel that that's the one linking factor across the entire spectrum. Everybody agrees on four walls and a roof. They may not agree really on anything else, but everybody agrees on four, four walls and a roof. And however exotic those walls and roofs may ultimately get, that's the business, that's the fun, that's the passion, that's the, the experience and all that if you can reach those heights. But I think everybody agrees on it. Absolutely. And there's so many different people from so many different parts of you know, our, you know, economic system is what it is that some people look at real estate in a completely different ways. Some people look at it as something that's completely unattainable and something that was just a dream that, you know, different people have because it's just nothing that they've been around and some people just feel a lot more comfortable with it. 
I think nowadays with, you know, the world as transparent as it is and information being readily available all over the place, people really do see that everybody with means, no matter what they do, are involved in real estate in some point, and there's a reason for that. A lot of it is because of the foundation and stability of the actual, you know, investment itself, and a lot of it is what Alan was talking about with <coughs> You know, the tax benefits, and it doesn't matter how much the government listens. The, the only thing they're going to do is allow the tax benefits to continue because those are the guys that are funding their, you know, their big, their their campaigns that are getting all their money so they can go out there and get elected. That's what happens in this world. Big money ends up making the decisions that dictate how all these tax incentives are written. And nowadays, you know, everyday investor is going to be able to, you know, participate in those tax incentives as long as, as long as they invest <laughs> through the right structure. So just because you invest in someone in some real estate deal doesn't mean that you're going to be able to get those tax benefits that the main guy is out there doing it. You have to make sure that that structure is set up in a way that you're going to be able to participate the same way that they will. And if you do, you know, that's where your value is going to be. Definitely. I think it's uh, <clears throat> germane to what it is that we're trying to evangelize here. Um, speaking of which, we need a name for this podcast. Um, I had, I had one for suggestion. Mm-hmm. I kind of like when push comes to shovel <laughs> and there's no other podcast that's called when push comes to shovel. There's really fucking good. literally the name it's, of any other podcast. It's really good. I thought it was pretty good, right? It is pretty good. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. When push comes to shovel with the fun rebels. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. When push comes to shovel. I love it. I see it. Right? I see it. Because, let's be real, the only way that any of these things happen is by fucking pushing. And that may sound cynical. It may sound New York brash, but there's different ways of pushing. There's the soft push. There's the hard push. There's the intermediate push. There's the long push, the slow push. In reality, to achieve anything, and I think real estate is really awesome mainly because it's a physical, almost near immediate manifestation is something that you can be cooking up in your head and it can be there, real touch, real existence, real presence in a lifetime. So many other unrealized dreams come and go and you never get to like touch them, feel them. It's, it's not there. Even to take a fucking like fucked up bathroom and say, I'm going to make this fucked up bathroom really nice and I see it in my head and I know that my toilet's going to be amazing. Now that shower's going to be fantastic. Just need to get it out of my head and into reality. Anyway, it's all about the push. And the shovel, self-explanatory, but the shovel brings us into the ground, which is the most exciting part of the entire thing. When something is truly manifesting out of the head and into reality, never has existed there before. Nothing that you're building onto or building into, something that is not there and you're making it there. That's that's where that's that's what was kicking around in my head. Absolutely. I love it. It's like the push is in general. All ambitious people have to have a certain level of commitment in order to make anything happen. But there's different people that there's a difference between the people that are committed to starting something, and then there's a difference between the people that are committed to starting something and actually following through with it, which is, I guess, what that shovel would be in this Absolutely. metaphor, so to speak. There's another thing I was actually thinking about that I thought was just pretty cool that when you look at different types of people, or if you're just going like on Instagram and YouTube and you're looking at all these different you know, celebrities or newly uh, made celebrities that can't come into some different kinds of money. Whenever I hear them talking about real estate investment, for some reason, I always hear about like 
luxury residential homes, mm. which, by the way, ha- have a lot of value when you're, you know, speculating in real estate. But it's very different speculating than investing in real estate. And I'm just wondering when you're looking at regular people who are, you know, successful, talk it, it really doesn't matter what class person you are, successful people that are not in the real estate business and they're thinking about real estate investing, are they thinking about luxury homes and secondary properties or are they thinking about income producing properties the same way you and I have basically been like trained to do over the past two decades? I I think definitely we are, all of us in terms of, timing and length of time in which our careers have been deployed. We have witnessed the shift where there was a little bit of widespread information, a little bit more widespread information. And now like the all out hot zone infection of information, wherever you look, some of it is good information, some of it's bad information, but the information is there. I definitely think that there is much more of a culture, at least in the United States it's a little dangerous because there's a lot of people that think that they know and they don't know. And it's dangerous for them. It's dangerous for others, but like, enough people out there have a thirst for the knowledge and a willingness to do the research for the knowledge to gain the knowledge. So I think that compared to 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's different. It's very different when we're trained to do it, when you're in it, when you're manifesting it from zero. You know, there's a lot of different experiences when it comes to that. And there's a lot of different expressions of how people act when it comes to that. With the celebrities, see, they've got a brand, they've got a brand identity, and they've got a patina in their brand that they can lay off onto a luxury piece of real estate to say, I'm buying Machine Gun Kelly's, you know, fucking studio apartment. Like, who really gives a shit? There's somebody out there that cares and somebody out there that'll pay the premium for it. But the reality is, is that to go the slow, steady, time-tested route, 10 years ago, less people knew about the path than they know today, but the burdens and the hurdle to entry is the same. You know, the barrier to entry doesn't change. It's how much capital do you have? How much credit can you sign for? Oh, you don't have capital and you can't sign for credit? Well, then you can't fucking have real estate and you can't enjoy the time-tested, manifested way of doing it, which is why FunRebel can be part of an emerging segment of industry that is able to capture that desire, that emotional will that people have and offer the first window in. Because the truth of the matter is, at least in the United States, and you know what? This is an American company. No matter what anybody may say or think, this is a place where everybody has the chance to be. To be what? To be whatever you want to be. But this is the one place on the planet that I'm aware of, hmm, Canada too, where you can be what you want to be. <clears throat> Point is to get in, all you need is that little crack in the window, the crack in the door. So maybe we can be the crack in the door for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, j- just thinking about it, while I was uh, watching these uh, celebrities talk about, you know, they bought this house or this property or this uh, apartment in the city, you know, I'm thinking that that is not what real estate is. It is. Meaning, if you are so wealthy that you just want to buy a second home or park some money over here or over there, and maybe it will appreciate with time, maybe it won't, that's great, but that's not what real estate investing is. And certain people look at it because they don't have the right method of education that they think that's what they should be aspiring to do. And the truth is, real real estate investing is understanding the value of a property based on how much money that property can make not how much the next guy is going to buy it for. Mm-hmm. So I don't care how much someone else is going to buy it for, if someone's going to value that, you know, Machine Gun Kelly lived in that apartment. I need income, and I need to make that property make more income. And the more income it could make, the more someone else is going to buy it for me for because they need that income for their portfolio or for their balance sheet or whatever it is. And that's just business, and that's what Fun Rebel is. We are allowing people to come in and participate in a real estate business that's structured in a way that 
it can increase you know the value in properties not based on hopes and speculation based on methodical processes to increase income which increase value and have been done and this is how businesses have been operated at least specifically in the real estate business this is how people have been operating for decades more than that and some of the greatest wealth and families have generated in this country since the the end of the second world war has largely been within brick and mortar and it only continues exponentially but that, that you see, what everybody misses here is the fact that real estate, any schmuck who has a couple of dollars can go into real estate. They can buy a building. They can run a building. They can own a building. But, but can they, though? But they have to have the seed capital to start up, right? It doesn't take a lot to be, you know, the big boys. You just have to have the capital to start. The problem with real estate is it's always been the big boy club. You have to have a lot of money in order to start. What Fend Rebels is doing, which is different than everywhere else, it allows the small-time person, the guy who makes an honest day's living, you know, invest in real estate and be part of the greater community of real estate. You don't have to be the related. You don't have to be the Vernados. You can be yourself, Joe the Plumber, and continue to be Joe the Plumber, yet you can have a portfolio or own a portion of a portfolio of apartments that are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's the key here. The key is that all the big guys, everybody looks around and sees the big-time players. Nobody realizes that a lot of those big-time players are second- or third-generation money. And for them to get in, you know, they had those buildings deeded from their father, grandfather, great-grandfather. Here, what, what Fund Rebel does that's different is that it allows you, the average Joe, to buy in and be part of that ecosystem of real estate where there's really no other industry that that's really allowed. Yep. And to further actually what you're saying about, you know, the Joe the Plumber thing, and this is something that you know, to me just seems very clear. And, you know, I just want to elaborate on it is the fact that Joe the plumber can participate in this. And by the way, you know, sometimes Joe the plumber makes a lot more money than Joe the attorney. Yeah. But I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes Joe the the plumber is the seed capital in a big private equity company. Exactly. And so basically anyone from, you know, small to you know moderate income to extremely high income can invest in fund rebel i'm not and I'm, I'm not saying this to pitch it in any type of inclusive way i'm saying that the fact that both people can and probably will invest it actually increases the value in their investment because the big guys whenever they invest in something they're always worrying about liquidity and the fact that they don't have to worry about just selling their interest for example to another big guy that there's tens of thousands of small guys out there that can buy their interests as well. And the small guys have other small guys or big guys that could buy their interests. This entire, you know, basically family of fun rebels or fun rebels to be, they're going to come in there and own all of these properties. They bring value to each other because of this secondary market that we've spoken about. I don't know if we've really elaborated on this podcast, but you know, just to go into the secondary market and let's just talk about it a little bit. I feel like this is an entire fun rebel pitch, which is not supposed to be, but let's talk about it anyways. No, it's hundred percent a pitch. Everything on this podcast <laughs> has got to be a pitch. We have to be pitching all the time. The reality is go 
describe describe this this broader ecosystem that we're trying to lay out and create and how that commiseration between different levels of investors is something that can create a totally enacted energy and an activated energy that can continue to build on itself. That is the core of what we're trying to do here. If we don't have people that are going to buy into what we're trying to do, we don't have a company. Absolutely. So aside from the fact that people are going to be able to participate in institutional level real estate investments, the same way that large, you know, wealthy individuals, family offices and institutional investors have done in the past with the same terms that they have done, even in the way that they used to invest, they would get into a deal and basically their equity would be tied into these real estate deals until there's a capital event. A capital event is when a property is sold or refinanced and the equity is pulled out and distributed to the partners, you know, accordingly power pursuit to whatever their interests are. Here, we have something much, much better that's going to be happening because what's going to happen is all that equity that's going into all these properties, that's going to be the ownership of the fund and that ownership of the fund will be split up in between all the different people who owned shares in that fund rebel fund or these securities that are owned by all these fund rebel owners. And at any time after the fund is closed, if anybody would like to sell any of their interest in their funds, they can do that at any time whatsoever for any reason whatsoever to anybody who they know, or they're going to be able to put it onto a marketplace where people are going to be able to trade these things freely. This allows their investments to be extremely liquid. And even more so as fund rebel continues to offer new offerings in the future, the second or the third fund or the fourth fund and et cetera. If somebody sees those assets from fund one that they love, those assets are never going to be able to be sold by fund rebel again, because they're owned by the people that own the shares in fund one. They literally own these properties and they will be able to go and sell those assets for a premium or borrow against them or do whatever it is, because these securities are literally going to be able to portray the ownership that they actually have in these properties. And I think that that is going to be something that's very special and unique, and it's going to be received extremely well, at least when push comes to shovel. I, I agree. Um, there is one thing that you we need like to be. Push comes I, to I, I, I liked it a lot. I like the, fa- <laughs> I like the fact that it, it speaks to everybody a little bit because I think that it's uh, important that we embrace any of these catchphrases or things that we put out there. If we can't deliver on the promises that we're making with this stuff, then we're not going to be able to deliver on any promises. That's for sure. But one thing I wanted to mention as you were saying that, that I caught about a week ago, um, one of the biggest mutual fund managers there is, Vanguard, right? Vanguard is now pushing the entire marketing campaign of, you're an owner. When you invest in a Vanguard mutual fund, you're an owner. You're not an investor. You're not a customer. You're not a client. You're an owner. And they're pushing the ownership like heavy, heavy duty. Now, my view on that is, all right, well, that's fine. You guys did some market research and you realize that people are no longer satisfied being customer number 457342. They want to feel a little bit more special. But Vanguard ain't ever going to make them feel special because Vanguard manages so much money that they are so octopus tied in with so many different entities, ventures, cross-capitalized, collateralized, fucking securitized, whatever, the fuck do you own? You own the same bullshit fund structure that anybody else and ever owns. it's owned. a fucking mutual fund. Too. And it's a fucking mutual fund. Now, why is, what makes Fund Rebel truly unique to your point? We're going to own the assets. We're going to operate the assets. The blood and the guts is the lifeblood of the financial end of doing any of this. So when we are, pardon my, my crude language, but deep in the guts, uh, we will be putting out there for everybody's consumption who's an investor in Fund Rebel, but only if you're an investor in Fund Rebel. I don't want to say education, but deep introspection 
into what we do and how we do it for two reasons. One, it's going to open a lot of eyes. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to find themselves empowered to be able to go and handle their own affairs the fun rebel way, even if it's not what we're doing with them or what they're doing with us, but their own life, their own thing. If we can be out there and be like, do it in your life and manage your life this kind of way and that appeals to people, we're getting somewhere. Also, showing people and self-empowering people to be able to do some of their own stuff. Ultimately, what we want is an entire generation of participants and members of our platform who are investing with us every year, but then also independently growing their own portfolio. We want to encourage that. We want to show that because you know what? If we show them the way, they'll stay with us also anyway. They will. There's not enough service out there to serve all the real estate that's out there. But empowering people keeps them loyal. And if we can keep people loyal... And this is not for outside consumption. This is our own internal consumption, but we can create that loyalty and create some kind of also withholding where the good information, the good insight is only going to people that are participants. We don't want to be putting it out there on the public pages. If you're a member, you're going to get some of this, some of this good stuff. Then we have something, but the Vanguard thing that made me think of the Vanguard thing. And it's like, everybody's jumping on this, but not everybody's going to be able to fucking deliver. The world that. is changing, they're, the world but they're not going to be able to deliver that. Like, you know, they're saying, okay, we're, we're, you're an owner, you're Vanguard. So who Vanguard, what do I own? That's the I own like three shares of some fucking like thing that like, you know, what, what the fuck, what do I own? That's the biggest problem. People just say things. I, I said that from the beginning of, you know, our entire, they're like a $2 trillion dollar AUM yeah. operation. It's yeah. The like, difference, the difference is, is in, in real estate, you actually can go to the property. Yes. I remember, you know, like you can touch around, it. I go, it's, it's not only that you can touch it. You can go to a bank and tell them, this is my portfolio. It's a negotiable this asset. This is the percentages I own in these properties. And by having that, they can be borrowed against it. Are so, it's an asset that you have. When you have Vanguard, you're not going to any bank to leverage a Vanguard, whatever it is, and be able to, to, to leverage it. With real estate, I can take my kids to it and say, I own, okay, about, you know, 0.3%, but I, I'm an owner. I'm no longer, you know, just another person. Absolutely. You're on the cap table. That's it. Absolutely. So the thing about that is, though, if you have a mutual fund with Vanguard, like a $2 million mutual fund, you can definitely go into a bank and negotiate that shit. <laughs> and the question is, if you have $200,000 of fund rebel shares, can you take that to the bank and negotiate that? That's a real question. It's it's is it a negotiable question. asset? What is a bank nowadays? A bank is what? It's a financial institution. So mm. what I'm saying is, but just to that point, because it's a great point, and my question is more along the lines of, all right, let's really run that well, down and see if that's well, doable. Because well, if we can I'll, say I'll you can you. fucking use I'll it, I'll tell you. Put it this way, you know, all of us here, we we closed our construction loan on one of our properties, right? One of the ways we closed the construction property is me showing my balance book. My balance book on my balance sheets have a, a whole bunch of properties that I own 1.4%, 3.2%, and they looked at that, looked at the value of those properties, and they said, okay, based off of this, your net worth is X. And because my net worth is X, all of a sudden I am bankable, mm -hmm. right? All of a sudden, they are willing to give me a loan looking at my net worth. Yeah, and, and I guess... the same thing will happen with Fund Rebel. As it grows and as you have shares, 
Fungible. It's backed by a tangible asset. Well, I think it's not just pie in the sky. I mean, I'm a big crypto guy. I love crypto and all, but there's something tangible. Here.